friend, thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Hope this message blesses you. Meanwhile, do follow us on Spotify. For more content like this, simply search for The Enlightened Church and click on follow. Thank you very much. Now, let's go into the message. The fact that I am somewhere that looks like where I was does not mean I am where I was. Right? Just because I look somewhere that's remotely close to what I, where I used to be doesn't mean I am where I used to be. Sometimes the journey forward would require we go around and around and around and around sometimes. And those, you know, this is crazy, right? And whenever shepherds are trying to lead their sheep to the top of a hill, sheep cannot go straight. They cannot go up straight because of their body weight. So what they have to do is they have to go around the mountain. They have to go like this. Uh, what's the word? It's like a swirling, uh, 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 just just swirling around. That's that's the only way. That's the only word coming to my mind. You go around and round and round and round and round up until you get to the top. And even Solomon's mount, Solomon's temple. This might be like so so theological, but if you pay attention, Solomon's temple was built with not straight up staircases. They were built with staircases that went round and round and round. Before you know it, you're at the top. But if you get caught up on, you know. And the reason, just pay attention, just pay attention and try to get this. Now, I know I just mentioned, made mention of shepherds and sheep, but let's assume, let's assume we are the sheep and God is the shepherd. That's who we are, right? The reason God doesn't take us straight up the mountain is because we start to measure how far we have gone by, by how far we can see behind us. You know, when you're climbing a mountain, you, you look back, oh, how far have I come? How far have I come? I'm very close, I'm very close. Right? And our faith is no longer in God, but it's on how close we are to the top. But when you're going around and around, it feels like you're stuck. You're stuck in a waiting season. You know, you're stuck. When will I, when is it my, going to be my turn? And you're like, God, how will I ever make it? Will I ever make it? But God's like, all this while, you do not know this, but you've been going around the mountain. You're very cl- you're closer to the top. You're closer, closest to the top than you even realize. Everybody say, I am closer than the top, to the top than I even realize. That's the truth. You are closer to the top than you even realize. If you would only keep moving. Everybody say keep moving. Keep moving. That's God's word to you today. That's, I didn't plan on saying that, but that's my first word to you today. Keep moving. You have no idea just how close you are to the top. Amen. Um, we've been on a series for the past seven weeks. And um, before y'all yelled the series back at me, I have to say this, I have to first thank every person that has been with us on this journey. The last seven weeks have been eye-opening, not just to you, to me. God has been showing me stuff. God has been um, reaffirming what he has put inside of me. God has been, you know, teaching me, growing me, through uncomfortable seasons and uncomfortable places. And I can boldly say it now, not that I am perfect, but I have learned more in seven weeks than I have in probably seven years, I dare say. And it's because I get the chance to share this gospel with you. Amen. It's because I get the chance to share this gospel with you week in, week out. If I had no one to talk to, I'd probably be dead bored in my, in my room. Because like the way I preach my gospel, like you have, I have to have an audience. Whether it's an imaginary one or someone sitting in front of me, I have to have an audience. But the fact that I get to share the gospel with every person here week in, week out, it, it blesses my soul and I'm grateful. Amen now. And so we've been in a series for the last seven weeks. I wanted to say seven years, I'm sorry. We've been on a series for, imagine pushing one series for seven years. <laughs> we've been on a series for the last seven weeks and it's been Help Me, Daddy Issues. Amen. And um, we've, been in da- we've been talking about daddy issues for like seven weeks. And it's honestly, it's been crazy. Um, two weeks ago, 
probably one of my most okay this is it's probably very bad to say this because then you I, prob- I hope your mind doesn't close out on what i'm about to say today um but two weeks ago i speech i spoke on um no excuses you remember that mm-hmm. no excuses and we shouldn't make excuses for um remember that disease i mentioned rnd repeated narratives of our dysfunctions mm-hmm. right let's stop repeating those narratives you know to ourselves and then last week i spoke on something called the jail of unforgiveness mm-hmm. and today i want to speak on something pretty much something i wish i had spoken of earlier but i believe it's perfect timing it's perfect timing it's perfect timing by the way have we, have we been using our memory journals it's really essential you grab your memory journal um because i'm going to be saying some things today that would have one or two things to do to do with um memory journal um let's go back to the same chapter we read last week the book of matthew chapter 18 and um let's start from verse 21 matthew chapter 18 and verse 21 then peter came to, to jesus and said lord um okay 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 for the sake of context i want to go back by, let's let's go back uh with by three verses let's go back by three verses um verse 18 um verily i say unto you sorry very i said i said to you whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven whatsoever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven Again, I say to you, verse 19, that if two of you should agree on anything as, to, as agree on, on earth as touching anything that you shall ask, it shall be done for you by my Father which is in heaven. Verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, not to gossip, <laughs> not to watch Netflix and then pray at the end, not to just casually talk and then pray at the end. Uh-uh. Wherever two, two or three people shall gather in my name, not to complain, in my name, not for my sake, by the way, in my name, not for my sake. You know, we, gather, we say we gathered, we have, got, we have gathered here for God and God's like, I don't care if you gather or not, right? Are you here in my name? I am here because God brought me here. Are you listening? In my name, Bible says then, there I am in their midst. So God is here right now in our midst. Amen. Now, verse 21 says this. Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, um, how often shall I forgive my brother who sins against me? Until it's seven times? Peter asks. Then Jesus says unto him, I say to you, <laughs> Peter, until it's seven, not only seven times, huh? Wait until it's seven, seven times. Before you forgive, I mean to forgive, before you stop forgiving, I meant to say, Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of His word. Um, this is the same chapter we read last week, but for some reason I did not read this verse 21 and verse 22 to us. The reason I went back to verse 18, of course, my sermon is not from verse 18 or verse 19, but do you see the terrain of conversation that was happening before then? Then Peter comes all of a sudden and asks the question about forgiveness. I don't know what happens, but I don't know what, what was happening in this context, but it looks, it looks to me as if Peter has been trying his best all week to be on his best behavior. And I feel like it's been the same thing with you this week. You have been trying to forgive somebody. <laughs> because you heard Jesus say at some point, or you heard Pastor Mano say last week, to forgive, you know? 
And so all week you have been trying to forgive the same person. But you know, I wish, honestly speaking, I wish whenever we forgive, right, the person we have forgiven changes. But it's so crazy how we forgive them, but they are still the same crazy people they were before we forgave them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's still the same crazy person. And so I'm guessing Peter at this point is so frustrated because it's like, all right, Lord, 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 I have had to forgive. And I swear on God, my mama and papa and everything that every, every organ in my system that I have tried my best to forgive one person all this week. But every time I do it, they keep tripping up. Jesus, you know people like that? They keep like, like yo, they, you tripping now, you tripping now. You're always tripping on a nerve. And it's probably like, how many times do I need to forgive? Okay, no, okay, probably that was, you don't even relate to that. When you start writing your memory journal this week or last week, you probably wrote so many events down that you remember. As relating with, as, as touching your relationship with your dad. So many, and it's just bringing so much anger to your mind and you're so angry. And you are like, God, how many times must I forgive this man? And every day I'm remembering a new offense. How many times do I need to forgive this man? Peter comes and asks Jesus, how many times do we need to forgive? Until it's seven times. After seven, done. If you do anything, I cut a, I cut a limb. It's not like that, that, that Shakespeare story where it's like a, a pound of flesh. I must demand for my own pound of flesh. After, it's, after I forgive you seven times, where's my pound of flesh? But then Jesus now responds in a way, I'm pretty sure Peter did not, never expected Jesus to have responded. Because instead of Jesus to say, yeah, after seven times, yeah, then, you know, demand for a limb or a pound of flesh. Instead, Jesus asks, he says, um, until it's 77 times. Now, first time I ever heard this story, honestly speaking, I was like, oh, oh wow, okay, Jesus, good. And now I have a figure, if somebody offends me, I'll count until it's 77 times, after 77 times, my pound of flesh. But I, I, I guess the reason not just myself, but so many people, Christians even, even unbelievers, everybody have misconstrued forgiveness. It's because we never really knew to begin with what forgiveness meant. Are you following me, everybody? So my question these days, what is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? Do you know what forgiveness is? I discovered some of us have been running on ideas of what forgiveness is. But, the, but actually, the truth is, what we assume forgiveness is, actually is what forgiveness is not. If I could take this entire sermon today and talk about everything forgiveness is not, I, it probably would be worth it. My very first point, forgiving about what forgiveness is not, because this is the most popular phrase. Everybody remember this phrase? Forgive and forget. <laughs> But forgiveness does not mean forgetting. Are you following me, everybody? Yeah. Forgiveness does not mean forgetting. Matter of fact, if you tell me you forgot, usually people tell me stuff like, Wait, I, you offended me. Oh, I've forgotten. You're a liar. You're only trying to fake humble. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to fake, present yourself as someone who is humble and you're Jesus like, you are not, my dear. <laughs> I just had to like put that Nigerian. But like for real though, you are a hypocrite. You are a fake. 
I'm not saying people don't forget, but like if you if you say you forgot someone offended you two minutes ago and you're like you're acting like really you offend you offended me. Oh wow, I didn't remember. So you only have a, you have a you have a two minute span brain or memory that only remembers as far as two minutes. After two minutes is passed, you forget everything. Is that the kind of brain you have? Like that old Adam Sandler movie where he, that where uh, uh, Drew Barrymore kept forgetting everything that happens after 24 hours. That's like a 24 hour memory. That kind of memory you have? Of course not. We don't forget offenses just like that, especially the ones that run steep. Are you, are you following me, everybody? So the first thing, forgiveness is not forgiveness is not forgetting. Because you are forgiven, this person does not mean you forget they hurt you at some point. I, I mean, that's the, that's the entire point of sacrifice, right? That's the entire point of forgiveness, really. Remembering that this person offended me. But I'm choosing every day I see this person not to remember their offense. To forgive them. That is, that is sacrifice. So forgiveness is not always forgetting. Acting as if you know never nothing ever happened, you know. And I, this is so crazy. People do this; they just act as if they're hypocrites, right? And then they put they put they, they bring God into the into the issue. You know, the moment God forgave our sins, He forgot every part of it. Really? Did God forget forget your sins? If God forgot your sins, then He forgot then He would have forgotten what He saved you from. If God for, if God forgot our sins. That means he has forgotten everything he saved us from. But when God forgave our sins, right? Every sin that he sees, his blood has covered. So when he sees us, he doesn't see sin. He sees his blood. So every time he sees us, that's the point I'm trying to make. Every time he sees us, he makes a choice to not see the sin, but to see his son. If you everybody. So forgiveness really is not about forgetting. Really? As much as it is remembering, like I said last week, to not demand what I, what I am owed as much as, as much as I would demand what I owe. Sorry, what, what I, as much as I would demand what, uh, as, as much as I would remember rather what I owe. I follow me, everybody. Mm-hmm. So forgiveness is not always me forgetting. Second thing, forgiveness is not. Now this, this will trip you all up. But forgiveness is not the license to bring them back in. Are you following me now? Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is not license to bring them back in. If, if for example, because some people probably listening or people, people would listen later after today's service, who their relationship with their dad was so, was so bad, their dad was their abuser. He abused them probably physically, sexually. And, and then they hear a pastor preach online, whatever, telling them to forgive their dads. And that, they assume, it automatically means bring your dad back in. And then they put themselves in the same position that they just got out of again. Because now, the person you forgave is not for, has not received forgiveness from God. And so this person is still going to continue with you the same things he's been doing. Are you following now? Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is not the license. Now, I'm not saying 
You cannot bring this person back in. I'm not saying always leave them out or something like that. But I'm saying if we assume that, if you assume forgiveness should always mean that automatically, that now that I say I've forgiven him, I have to bring him back under my roof or go back to live with him or, 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 or you know, act as if nothing happened. Forgiveness is not, doesn't work like that. Are you following me, everybody? Now, let me tell you what forgiveness really is. Are you following me, everybody? I'll tell you what forgiveness really is. But just for, before I go there, just so you don't think that, I'm, that I'm, I'm, I'm saying that when we forgive, we don't open our hearts. I'm only saying, I'm not saying that directly. What I'm saying is, if you forgive someone, right? Remember, now, remember when we, some weeks ago, we, before we ever got to forgive other people, we spoke about forgiving ourselves. If you forgive, your, if, you for, if you are forgiving yourself, if you are forgiving someone else, your dad or whoever offended you, I want you to be free enough to choose, right? Not to bring the, um, uh, how do I put this? You are free enough, let me say this, you are free enough to keep them at a distance. Are you following me now? You are, you are free enough. Forgiveness makes you free enough to keep the wrong people at a distance. Let's write that down as a point. Forgiveness makes me free enough to keep the wrong people at a distance. Are you following me? That's the first thing forgiveness is. Or forgiveness does. The second thing forgiveness is. And that's what I'm going back to that passage we just read in Matthew 18 now. Matthew 18, Jesus says that you should forgive 77 times. But do you know that what Jesus was trying to say was not that we would keep score? Hmm. What Jesus was trying to say is forgiveness is all about losing count. Hmm. It is not forgiveness if you are counting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is not forgiveness if you are counting. Like who counts? Like, this is the first time. I'm letting you go this time around. If you try two more times... (laughs) And you try, you try the second time, this is the second time. If you try one more time, I promise you, you're already preparing their, the retribution for their action down. Even before, you're already preparing vengeance in your mind. So forgiveness is, is not, that's not what forgiveness is. Are you following me now? Mm, yeah. And so forgiveness is all about losing counts. That's what, that's what Christ was trying to say. Because by the way, in their time, I, no, there, was, there were no calculators back then. So Peter didn't have a calculator to calculate 7 times 7, right? And so he didn't know what 7 times 7 means, literally. But we have a calculator. But if you, if you put yourself back in the picture, in the story, you'll understand. And that's what I try to do when I, when I open context for us. You'll understand that when Jesus, Jesus was talking to, number one, a young boy, Peter was very young at this point. I mean, for the fact that it, 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 Jesus finished giving a very important sermon and Peter literally ignored everything Jesus said and asked directly, how many times do I need to forgive someone? It means it's been, on, it's been on Peter's mind. So Jesus answers Peter and says, 70 times, 7 times. And Peter is like, 70 times, 70 times, 70. That, Jesus, I can't make the calculation, but I'm pretty sure that's a lot. Exactly. It is not about keeping score. Forgiveness is about losing count. Are you following me now? Like, I cannot count how many times that I've had to just let some people go. 
You know, like when you start to remember some things, you'll be like, ah, oh, wow. You know, every day presents you with, a, with new opportunities to be offended. Mm -hmm. Every day, offenses are flying at you. From people you know and people you don't know. Every, every day there's an opportunity to get offended. You know? You're walking on the road. Someone's, someone acts rude to you. Someone intentionally kicks you. Doesn't apologize. Someone intentionally just shoulders you on the road. Doesn't apologize. Someone almost dupes you and still is trying to stand on their right. Every day is an opportunity to get offended. So forgiveness really is not about keeping score. Because if it is, I mean, don't just give me five minutes. The 70 times 7 is already complete. Are you getting me? Like, some people are so prone to getting offended. Like, how are you? They're already offended. What, what, do, you mean? what, do, you mean? what do you mean, how am I? So, wait, I, I, what are you trying to, you're trying to, what are you, what? <laughs> you're like, hold on, you're just a simple, how are you? So, don't take it personally, my man. Like, oh, okay, I'm taking it personally now. That's what you're trying to say. I'm taking it personally now. And you're like, calm down. Oh, I should calm down. Oh, so what? What are you trying to say? <laughs> and you're like, what is wrong? Why are you so temperamental? Every day provides you with an opportunity to get offended. And also, every day provides you, or better still, God provides you every day. With the opportunity to forgive. Because forgiveness is not about keeping score. It's about losing count. Number two thing that forgiveness is. Is this. And this has been my biggest word. The biggest word in my heart for about a year plus now. Forgiveness is everybody say reflective. reflective. Forgiveness is everybody say reflective. reflective. Forgiveness is reflective. Because whenever I think of people who hurt me and I think of forgiving them, to be very honest with you, as I heard me say to my sermons in the past, it's not easy. Forgiveness is not something you just wake up one morning and you're like, yeah, I forgive. Like, the chicken goes, Koko -koko, and you're like, oh, if you're in America, Koko -do -do -do. I don't care. Like, I go, I forgive you. You know? Forgiveness is not that cheap. If forgiveness came easy, right, then it's not worth it. Are you following me? Like, if forgiveness was so easy, then it wouldn't have been worth it. If forgiveness was as easy, easy and simple as saying sorry. Now, listen to me. Sorry works. When someone apologizes, it works. For people, especially men, who sorry is really usually hard for them. So when you hear a man say, I'm sorry, some for not all of them, by the way, by the way, it might be a stereotype, but not all the time. So men find it hard to say sorry. Some people they don't find it hard. As a matter of fact, they tell you, I'm sorry. The moment you say you, you have not even finished telling them the offense, they tell you, I'm sorry. And they're not telling you because they really are sorry, they tell you to shut you up. <laughs> you, get you get what I'm saying? And it's not like they're really apologizing, they're only telling you. Can we move on to the next thing now? I'm sorry. Okay, let's shut up. I've heard you. No, sorry, sorry. Can we move forward now? So you discover that, that that apology, of course, is not genuine. But if you discover that, because then I start to think, how am I supposed to forgive Jesus when really I do not have the strength to forgive? How am I supposed to let go when I really don't have the strength to? If, I'm, if I remember the details of my hurts, God, it breaks my heart even more. How do you expect me to forgive? When you, how, how will a child 
just how will the child just summon the courage to forgive their dad, the person who abused them, person who molested them? How do you forgive someone who hurt you that bad? On your own strength? I beg to differ. Forgiveness is reflective. And what does it mean when I say forgiveness is reflective? When I remember what I owe God, I remember that He paid the debts that I owe. He canceled it, He paid the debt, right? I believe that He has enough grace to extend to this other person. When I think of forgiveness, I think of it as, because um, I mean, I mean, I did science back in high school, so I, I, I know a thing or two about physics, right? And mirrors and all that stuff. Not, not very well. I, I never really, to be honest, I really, I never really took any of those things to heart. But I remember the pictures, the pictures in the textbook. Let's be very, let's, we bless God and we thank God for pictures, all right? Because I remember one of the pictures back then shows, showed three mirrors. A, and you know, we had different kind of mirrors and there's concave and convex mirrors, all right? And um, that's what I'm talking about. Talk, by the way, I'm talking about microscopes right now. Right? We have the eyepiece, we have the focus, and we have the whatever, whatever image, right? Inverted image, and oh Jesus. Now, what I'm trying to say is, uh, when I remembered all this, when I remembered these images, I remember just one mirror at the beginning, one smaller one at the middle, and one other one at the, at the, at the end. There's three mirrors. This, the first mirror is a convex mirror. Right, so when light falls upon the surface, the image converges on the on this on the image at the center, at the mirror at the center. Are you following? Though it might be inverted somehow, and then the mirror at the center. I'm now. I know my. I might not be getting any of these things right. So if you're a physics student, don't blame me. Just play along. Just act dumb for a minute. God bless you. Um, so the mirror in the middle then reflects the image that has been cast on it. It's now a concave mirror. Are you following everybody? Mm -hmm. I said about, I spoke about convex mirror that casts the converging, that's like converging lens. It casts the image in a narrow path to the one in the middle. Mm -hmm. Then the one in the middle casts the narrow image and just casts it out to the third image. Is that making any sense? Mm -hmm. So when I say forgiveness is reflective, that's what I mean. It's like being in the middle. You have received God's grace. Now it is time to give it out the same way. So whatever I am given is not for my own strength. It's a reflection of what I have been given. So forgiveness is not about what I am given as much as it's about what I was given. Does it make any sense? Yeah. So when I think of forgiveness, I don't think of what I have to give. I think of what I have been given. That's why I read to us last week in Ephesians 4. It says, as Christ has forgiven you, forgive. So it's, been, it's, it's about being reflective of what we have been given. So when I think of forgiveness, I'm not thinking of, oh, I, oh, now I have to forgive this person for my own strength. Brother, I'm thinking, oh, just how much has Christ forgiven me? If, I, if I'm able to answer the question, or, or at least have uh, a remote idea of how much Christ has forgiven me from, or of, then I know that I am reflecting Christ's forgiveness through my intentionality, saying I choose to forgive you. That means I am reflecting the forgiveness that I was given. I don't know if this is making any sense. And so it is, it is expedient that we take 
forgiveness as a very intentional thing, of course. Of course, like I said, you nobody dabbles into forgiveness. You don't just fall into forgiveness, like stumble, like, oh yeah, man, I forgive every person, every person. Like, that doesn't happen like that. Forgiveness is what? Everybody say this word intentional. intentional. Don't like listen, don't ever hear me wrongly or, or assume that I'm saying that forgiveness is something you probably will wake up to one one day. No, 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 no. Forgiveness is something you have to intentionally do. Now let me tell you something. If you don't forgive, if you listen to this entire sermon or this entire series, and you still don't forgive, like I said last week, who is who are you doing the damage to? Yourself. Who is hurt? You. Who has been broken the more? You. Who needs the healing? You. You are trapping you every day. You choose not to forgive. Because when you forgive them, you really you're only forgiving you. I guess you know what I'm saying. When I choose to forgive them, I am forgiving me. It's like, it's like nails. Just imagine, just imagine a kite. A kite is supposed to fly. Now nailed to a tree. And you are trying to pull the kite by its ropes. But it's not flying. That's what forgiveness looks like. And that's what not forgiving people look like. Having nails in your, in your kite. But if you want the kite to fly, you have to take the nails out. You have to remove the hooks that have held your heart down. Amen now. Amen. Now here's the, reason, here's the reason why it's expedient that you forgive your dad. Because the entire series really is about forgiveness for our dads. Because God spoke to me last week, uh, sorry, last year. I wrote it somewhere in my notepad. And it was, um, I had no idea then, rather, I mean, that I would be like preaching this series now. I mean, you know, it's so crazy and so amazing the things God brings us through so we can help others go through them also. Right? So never ever think that anything God brings you through is for you alone. It's for people who come after you. Right? And I don't think I, I don't pray to ever stand up here and preach about something that I have not really, I've not gone through. Like in the sense that I don't, I don't plan to ever come out here and give you false hope about stuff that, and I make you assume God can deliver you from stuff that I don't believe he can deliver me from. So I don't think to ever, to ever come up here. So whenever I come up here and say something, even if I've not gone through that particular example, I mean, that means I've gone through something close or something similar to tell you that if God could save me, he can save you too. Because so I don't want you to listen to this and think, you know, that maybe I don't understand what the pain feels like, because I do. Last year, I don't know when exactly, it was probably the middle of the night, and um, God spoke to me. I wrote it down, I put it, I put up, I remember posting it on Twitter then, Twitter did. And what God told me was, um, we, now I will change the word, but I'll say how he told me first. Is that okay? I'll say, I'll put it in a way where you can write it down, use it, whatever. But what God, and by the way, when you use it, quote me, because I, I said it, amen. Um, what God told me was this, he said this way. He said, Emmanuel, we often become the things we don't forgive. Mm. And I'm refreshing that for you today. You will easily become the things you don't forgive. Whenever you don't forgive, a part of your mind develops hates for this person mm. or that thing. And a part of you, you don't know this, but it's becoming a perfect replica of the exact thing, thing you hate. I want you to see scenarios like that, even in movies you see it, where a dude hates his father so much, but his children are like, you're becoming like him. Mm. You're becoming just 
like the same person you hate the most. And so because you hate him so much does not mean, oh, like you think if I hate him so much, then I will not become like him. No, no, no. Quite the opposite. If you hate him so much that you will not, you're not willing to forgive him, you become just like him. If you don't forgive him, you will become what? Just like him. By the way, is it okay if I title my sermon Mirrors? Because isn't that what this entire thing is? We are mirroring the one who has come before us. We are mirroring also forgiveness unto the one who has, who has offended us. Because an image has been cast upon us. That is forgiveness. And we are only forgiven because we have been forgiven. Are you following now? And so, if you're not careful, because you're a mirror, if you assume, oh, if I act as if this man does no longer exist in my life, then I will not become like him. But remember, you are standing in front of him. After your dad is you. You are carrying his genes. He makes up your DNA. Paternity test, there is no maternity test because it's only what you, the only person they can trace your existence back to is the one who made you. And so if, if you act as if this man does not exist, you are only pretending, you are only lying to yourself because you are a mirror standing in front of another man. Are you following me now? And so you are only going to become what you don't forgive. Because listen, if you don't forgive the one who offended, who offended you, who hurt you, right? It means that you are saying the power of the offense is greater than the power of the forgiveness God has given you. Are you following me now? It means the power of the offense outweighs the power of the forgiveness. And so you, your, your heart or your, your, your soul starts to tilt towards the greater than side. You know, that, you know that sign we used to do back then in, in primary school we were taught uh, greater than and less than. You know, greater than your right hand, less than your left hand. And so if you're not careful, your soul starts to tilt in the direction of the uh, person you didn't forgive. Your soul starts to tilt in that direction. And so when you make intentional decisions to forgive, it is you giving power to the one that has the power. Are you following me now? I won't listen. This sounds like probably a very cold ending to like my series, although this is not the end anyway. But I'm only saying this because I want you to be free. Freedom is, is the most underrated thing in the world. I want you to be free. Listen, y'all, I, I, can, I can say today that to a very reasonable extent, now I, I can say this 100%, but I, there's a reason I'm saying it to a reasonable extent, but I'll tell, I'll tell you in a minute. To a, to a very reasonable, okay, 100% I am free. But to a reasonable extent, every day I choose to be free. Are you following me now? Mm -hmm. Every day I choose to not let the offenses that flies around every day, mm -hmm. I refuse to, to catch on to them. I refuse to let my offenses, you know, the offenses from my past, um, cast a dark shadow. Because remember, you know, ah, thank you Holy Spirit, now, oh Jesus. This sermon is definitely mirrors. I never even really had a title for my sermon to begin with. So I think I'll go with mirrors. Because now listen, I remember, remember I said when we receive God's forgiveness, we reflect it onto the one who has offended us, right? Mm -hmm. But also, when we choose not to uh, forgive, 
the, the hurts cast a shadow on us that we reflect to the people around us. Do you see that? And so we are moving about hurt and people can see it. And now we are casting, like remember some weeks ago we spoke about attracting what we, we project, attracting what we project, I mean projecting what we attract rather. Was it attracting what we project now? Attracting what we project, I meant to say. Because a part of it is projecting the reflection of the on, 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 on uh, acknowledged, on acknowledged trauma, on dealt with pain. And we are acting as if, because we are in the most, um, I mean, I feel like there's every part of us as human beings has Hollywood in it. Like every person is an actor. You might not be as good as the ones we watch on TV though, but everybody is an actor, really good ones too. Because we have a way of telling ourselves that we are forgiving people. We have a way of ignoring offenses in sense that acts as if we were never offended. We have a way of telling ourselves and acting as if nothing happened. Do you get what I'm saying? We have a way, we play that card so well, we act as if we're good, we're okay, but the real thing is we are not. But we have mastered that skill. You know? We, we, by the way, people offended us, we can still live in the same house with them. We talk, we gist, we have fun, we, we do all these things, but we know in the bottom of our hearts, we're like, if you try anything stupid, we talk through our teeth. If you try anything stupid, you're going to, you're going to see the beast in me. <laughs> like, okay, one funny, funny joke. I, I read this meme one time, and his son said he was listening to his parents arguing. And then the father was like, woman, if you try anything with me, I will show you the lion in me. And the mother and the wife was like, what lion? You have a mosquito. <laughs> but, but really though, really though, that's a joke. Totally unrelated to my sermon. But I want you to be able to reflect. Because if you're able to reflect this forgiveness that you have, been, that you have received, do not be surprised when God saves your dad because of you. God, there's no, I say this every day, there is nobody that the redemptive hand of God cannot reach. Even your dad. Even the worst of liars. There is nobody God's redemptive hand cannot reach. But it depends on you also. Are you going to reflect the forgiveness you have been, that you have been given by God? Because remember also, you don't deserve it. We act, as, we act like privileged idiots sometimes. As if we, we deserve the forgiveness God has given us. But we don't. Every day I wake up from my bed, I realize I don't deserve to be forgiven. Every day I pray to God, even before I come to preach, I'm like, God, I could choose to, to ask for anything else, but I'm asking for your presence because I know I don't deserve it. I, I, am, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve the attention God gives me. And that's all grace is. The att unmerited attention, unmerited favor and help that we receive from God. I don't deserve it. Still, He has given it to me. Are you following me now? And so if I remember that I was forgiven despite all, then whoever hurt me can be forgiven as well. And the third thing that forgiveness is, everybody say these words with me. Forgiveness, forgiveness. is a process. Everybody say, say again. Forgiveness is a process. Forgiveness is, is to be honest, not a destination. 
the destination is not forgiveness. If we have been forgiven, forgiven by God, then that's, that's like the starting point. Oh, then how many people am I going to have to forgive on my way? Forgiveness is a process. Someone hurt me so deep. It would take years, maybe months to finally forgive. Do you know how many tears I've had to cry? Do you know how many times I've had to remember? So you, do you know how many dreams? You know when some people hurt you so deeply, you start seeing them in your dreams? Mm. You start seeing them offending you again. You're like, you've, you've, you've offended me in real life, in real time. I, and you still came to my dream to offend my spirit man. They offend you so badly because your offense runs so deep. But if you don't learn that forgiveness is a process, you will assume that because you are unable to forgive this person when Pastor Emmanuel says so, then you are not forgiven by God or that you are in the wrong. When I say forgive, don't assume I'm saying forgive now. Nobody forgives just like that. Only God did. And by the way, do you know it was also a process for Jesus? The process did not start when he had that, had that stick to his back. The process started from that room when he had the last supper with his, with his, his disciples. The Bible says he was aggrieved in his spirit. Jesus was crying and, and, and praying, sweating in the garden of Gethsemane because of the, the, the pressure of the process he was about to, to go into. So forgiveness really is not a destination. It's what? A process. It's a journey that we live from. Are you, are you following now? Forgiveness is a process that we live from. It's a process that we start from. I, am for, I can only forgive because I am forgiven. Because saved people, listen to this, saved people are forgiven and forgiven. What does that mean? Saved people are forgiven. F-O-R-G-I-V-E-N and forgiven. That's G-I-V-I-N-G. I-N-G-V-E-N. I get what I'm saying. For, some people are forgiven and forgiven. So I can, I'm forgiving others from the point where I was forgiven myself. Are you following me, everybody? And so if you remember this in your mind, I believe that you'll be able to forgive. Because you remember that it's a process. And it's okay. Listen now. It's okay if you haven't fully forgiven them yet. Let me tell you now. It's okay if it is hard. Are you following now? It's okay if you forgive one event, but then in your memory journal, you saw another event that you find it hard to forgive them for. You saw how they ridiculed you in front of, their, in front of people they wanted favor from. You saw how your father turned you to a slave just so he could get some kind of favor from people. You saw it, you witnessed it. It might be hard to forgive him for that event. I mean, you might forgive him for the one time he slapped you. Okay, I forgive him for that. But can you forgive him for the time he insulted you, he cursed you? And that's a process. Forgiveness is a process. Are you following me, everybody? Forgiveness is a process. I want every person to know, every person on the sound of my voice to, to know that even if this, if this series ends here, right? I believe that I've been able to like help you see what forgiveness is and what it isn't. Forgiveness is 
for you. Are you following now? Forgiveness is for you. You know, we, we talk about forgiveness so much in churches and, and people who, are, who have been deeply hurt think of it as an insult when someone tells them to just forgive them. You know, things like that. Ah, they offended me, just forgive them, just forgive them. And we make it look as if forgiveness is that cheap. You know, like we make it look as if, we make it look as if, and we quote, and pastors quote things like, vengeance is of the Lord, don't worry, vengeance is of the Lord. They're like, I want to put, I want to take vengeance into my own hands. I want to use a knife to take, you know, my own pound of flesh. And you're, you're just there angry, honestly. Because you're like, I mean, I deserve more than, than has been given me. More than this person has done for me. Are you following now? And you are you're just telling me that, that forgiveness is, forgiveness is uh, 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 just forgive, just forgive. But forgiveness really is a process, not just, it's not just an end. Forgiveness is not an end. Because what happens when you're forgiving them? Forgiveness is a process. Healing is a process. Healing is not just a destination. I mean, I, I would pray a prayer after, after my sermon now, and I pray that you will get healed. But also I realize that healing doesn't just happen like that. A two-minute prayer might not undo a 20-year hurt. A five-minute prayer might not be able to undo a, a hurt that has, that has been running in your mind for about five years now. Are you following me now? And so, but when you choose to realize that every day, forgiveness is a process. And if I choose to forgive now, it's so I will have enough space to forgive later. If I choose to forgive now, it's so I have another space, much more space to, have to forgive another person later. If I forgive today, it's so I can have enough space to forgive tomorrow. If you realize that forgiveness is a process and not really an end, you'll be able to live freely. Listen, listen everybody. Forgiveness is expedient. I wouldn't lie to you. I wouldn't see you and act as if forgiveness is not. No, 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 no. Forgiveness is expedient. I mean, my Bible tells me in Mark eleven twenty-five that Jesus says this. You see, Jesus says, um, when you are praying, right? No, sorry. What it was about uh, about casting your seeds? I believe it says if you if you have anything against anyone, it says drop your seed, drop your offering, go and settle it. Because if you don't forgive, whatever you are you are giving to God will not be accepted. So forgiveness is, ex is essential, it's expedient, that's the truth. But also forgiveness is not forced. Christ never came to force his forgiveness down our throats, by the way. Forgiveness is not forced, that's probably the third, the, the third thing, forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not forced. I cannot force you to forgive. I can only let you see why you should forgive. And it's probably show you how to forgive. But really forgiveness is not forced. Forgiveness, my last word, forgiveness is the fourth point, and this is my last point. Forgiveness, remember, forgiveness was given freely. Forgiveness was given freely. The Bible tells us, be on your feet, everybody, wherever you are, just stand up straight. Whatever you might be listening to me right now, just stand up straight. The Bible tells us in John 3 16, the most popular verse in the entire Bible, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish. Someone once asked, call, called me some years ago and said, why would, why would the Bible say should not perish? Because, and this is my answer now to, to that person. Or do I give them the answer a long time ago, but I'm giving you the answer I give that person today. It's because that 
would not, might not work for everybody. In the sense that not every person would choose to accept the forgiveness that Christ has come to provide. And so if you realize that that forgiveness was free, then you can claim yours. Amen now. Amen. Forgiveness is not forced. Forgiveness is free. Just lift your hands up to heaven, everybody. Just, I want you to right now, to just begin to, um, it's like, just act as, just feel, just imagine it in your mind right now as if your, as your hands are lifted up, there are bags in your hands and someone is taking them from you. Start to feel the freedom that comes with surrendering. Start to feel the freedom that comes with surrendering. The freedom that comes with surrendering. Start to feel it, start to feel it in your bones right now. The freedom that comes with surrendering. As you are, because that's what we are doing right now. We are surrendering. Hands lifted, hands lifted. Father, we surrender. Father, we surrender. Father, I surrender. The hurt, I surrender. The pain, I surrender. The events, the memories, I surrender. I surrender these bags of emotions that has been tying me down for so long. Father, I surrender. Father, we surrender. Jesus, we surrender. We choose right now, God, to surrender. Father, we surrender. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name. And Father God, I pray. Father, you see our hearts and you know us better than anyone else. And you know better than anyone else, even better than ourselves, the depth of this hurt. The debt that has been incurred in our heart system. People owe us. Someone offended us. And this offense is not just these lights and petty ones that we could just let go of like that and just act as if it never happened. But this one is one that even if we try to ignore it, it's there. And we've not really had enough courage to deal with it because we have been hoping that if we avoid it for so long, we will forget about it. And we've been assuming that forgetting equals forgiving. But God, we realize today that to forgive will not even mean that we forget. To forgive means every day we look at the person in their, eye, in their eyes and we're like, what did you even do to deserve this forgiveness? Answer, nothing. But it's because I, and but the only reason I could forgive you is because I remember that I was forgiven. And because same people are forgiven and they forgive. That's the only reason I'm forgiving you because I am reflecting the forgiveness that I have received. Father, I'm asking that in, for every heart, Father God, that you will give us the strength, Father God. That you give us the courage, oh God. That you give us that faith and that, that heart, God. That strong heart. That's the word for the year, right, God? Stronger now. That's, how, that's, how, that's what defines our strength, God. Even though we feel weak. Even though we feel weak when we are making decisions like this. Paul says our light. He <laughs> says they are lights. The afflictions that we go through. Even forgiving, it's an affliction because it's like causing pain to yourself when you remember things you hoped you forgot. Or things you hoped you'd have, you'd have forget, forgotten by now, but you remember that you are still remembering these hurts and actions, incidents, this, this uh, 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 images are still playing back in your mind like, like a VHS tape. It's just playing back and back. It's playing back to back to back to back to back. And it's rewinding and it's editing and everything's going on in your mind, Scott. We ask Holy Spirit that in moments like that, Father God, you remind us that the glory that comes with freedom outweighs whatever sacrifice we have to go through to get it. Father, help, and help us realize, Father God, just how much we have been forgiven. 
so we can realize that it does not matter how much we were hurt because your forgiveness beats the hurt. And we thank you for you God healing for us right now. Wherever it is that we have that we have been hurting, you've got healing for us right now. Whatever ache that we whatever ache we have in our hearts, you've got healing for us right now. Whatever offenses that that has been tied to our hearts, God, that has disabled our 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 kites from flying. God, we thank you for you have enough healing for us. The Bible says you you are the bomb in Gilead. You have enough healing for us. You have you've got enough grace for us. So, Father God, I ask that you remind your children that they are stronger than they know. That they are better that they are, they are better than they, they can, that they even than they even saw themselves to be. That what you have got in your heart, your hands for them, God, is bigger than anything that they could hold on to right now. Because sometimes when we feel short on hope, we start to hold, hold the ones that we have left. We find it hard to forgive others because we have just a little, we have just a little strength, and we are trying to hoard the strength that we have, hoping that it would satisfy us. But no matter how much we hoard for so long, it would really, it would at some point, be exhausted. And so we have to let go of the of of whatever grace that we think we have, so we can receive more. So Father God, I'm asking that you would strengthen your children, help us to live freely, help us to live freely, help us to live freely, help us to live freely. Give us the freedom our heart needs, God. Help us, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. If I believe that there's strength for someone today, there's courage for someone today, there's hope for someone today, there's strength for someone today, there's, there's this grace for someone today, there's this supernatural uh, abundance of, of peace for someone today, there's this peace that knows no bounds for someone today. Thank you for it is here, present, right now as I speak. In your name be praised, Jesus.